and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. My mic wouldn't turn on. That wasn't my fault, Wolf. I hit the button, it just wouldn't turn on. So that's, um, maybe it's trying to tell me something. I always remember to turn my mic on. No, no, I remembered. First of all, you don't. (laughs) Second of all, I did remember. The light just wasn't coming on. Much to the chagrin of many people that are out there, especially some females. (laughs) We keep cutting the power to your cord, and somehow it just keeps working. Uh, All right, the Suns last night, the loss to the Dallas Mavericks. It's one loss out of 82. I don't think anybody wants to overreact to one loss, but let's not pretend that that loss is the same as losing to, if they, <laughs> let's say they lose to Boston tomorrow by two points or whatever. Okay. Can we? Yeah. Let's just, why not pretend? <laughs> It wasn't the Dallas Mavericks. La, 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 Anybody la. that wasn't Dallas, and especially if you're going to lose to Dallas, well, how about you play a great game and they play a great game? Yeah. Why does it have to be all of a sudden these guys on Dallas that can't hit shots all season can hit everything, and the Suns can't do anything? Why does it have to be that way? The 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 Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns and their culture and who they are and look, everybody, it's the Suns and the, we all recognize them. Unless they're playing the Dallas Mavericks and they go bye bye. I, I don't understand this, man. Seriously. The the list of teams in the NBA that have a better record than Dallas right now, I'm not going to sit here and read them all off, but let's just say it's Utah and up. I mean, Dallas is just a middle of the pack team with a great player. That's what they are. That's We're 23 games into this season, so you could say, okay, it's still early this year. Wait until they do this or wait until they do that. Unless they go out and add some amazing player, the Dallas Mavericks are a play-in team, I believe, that it would be dangerous in a one-and-done, like if you're in the play and you see Luka. So they're probably a play-in team that sneaks into the playoffs and then is going to bow out real quickly in the playoffs unless they play Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Whereas Phoenix, like I, I will take the Suns against almost it, any team in the Western <laughs> Conference. What the heck's going on with Dallas? So, oh my goodness! Here is uh, here's Monty Williams last night talking about trying to contain Luca. Who, by the way, he look he had a good game. I don't. Do you think Luca's really the problem? I mean, I'm sure he's part of the problem, but the problem is everybody else hitting shots on Dallas and nobody on the Suns hitting shots. But either way, here's Monty on Luca. It's a, it's a lot tougher. Um, if you go zone, he sees gaps to the paint right away. You're caught in between letting him score 40 or letting him do what he did tonight, get 30 and everybody else get corner threes and, and threes at the, the break. He just had a, a really good rhythm. If you give him the same defense over and over again, he figures out a way to, to pick it apart. And they have guys around the floor that can make shots. I think at this point in time, I'm just okay, and this is really hard to say. Oh, boy. All right. But I think I'm okay with letting Luca score 40. Now, that's fine. That's what they did the first I mean, two really, games of the playoffs. Just, yeah. You know, okay. Have at it, Luka Lockett. Luka Doncic is the best player in the league, isn't he? He's going to win MVP. And you know what? Just here's your 45. (laughs) Went up to 45. And and you know what? Beat him. 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. For the longest time, Luca was putting up his 40 or 45 against the Suns and losing every single time. He yeah. was 3 and 10 against the Suns going into the playoffs last year. And then the first two games, Luca went off and yeah. it didn't matter. The Suns won those first two games. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Go ahead and you can, you can have your points, but Josh Green doesn't get. Josh Green, shooting guard, Arizona. Green's impact at Arizona was inconsistent as his 3 and D potential coming together more in Tucson would have resulted in far more buzz leading up to the draft. A high-level athlete, Green did a little bit of everything for the Wildcats, averaging 4.6 rebounds and 2.6 assists to go with 12 points per game. That said, he didn't have a knack for impacting games, and Green will have to fix that at the next level. Well, he fixed it last night. He's averaging 4.5 points for his career. He was a plus 26, and he shot 6 of 7 last night for 16 points. No way did Sarah Cazell just say that. No way did she say that. No way did Maloney have the Are Josh Green draft kidding profile. kidding me? Josh up. Green. Yeah, right. Um, Boy, that's... Jaden Hardy, Jaden Hardy doesn't get to score 10 points on four or five shooting. Christian Wood doesn't need to be scoring at 18 last night, 25 the first meeting. He doesn't need to be putting up 20 plus points. Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't need to hit five threes. Yeah. Let's just say it the way that it was, though, honestly, right now. When you think of last night, what was the biggest concern? I'm not talking about the horrified. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about was your what was the biggest concern when you watched it? Because for me, it was Book. It was Devin Booker. I'm sorry, he scored 11 points on four of 13 shooting. My biggest concern was this game sucks, and I've been watching it for two hours. He had more fouls than free throw attempts. Devin Booker had more fouls for than free throw that's attempts. That's an anomaly, right? Two. I mean, I, but but that's what I mean. Yeah, that's the most disturbing thing about it. And it's not like we haven't seen this against Dallas. Against Dallas, <laughs> that's the problem. Is it's been against Dallas. He was minus eighteen in plus minus. That led the Suns to book. But I, he, he he can have a bad game. It just it's weird that it keeps happening against Dallas. Correct. Why doesn't anybody just else step up? Though. But why doesn't anybody else step up? I, okay. I, okay, Devin Booker has look, a bad game, and Luca goes off. All right, you lose a close game to Dallas by he four. He went You've scoreless for the it. first time in the first quarter. Well, you shouldn't be done in the first half if Devin Booker is having a bad night. Until he hit three with four twenty-five to go in the second quarter. That was the first field goal he hit. Think about that for a minute. I don't want to. We're talking about D-Book here. Devin Booker, he's going to put 16 up in the first. He probably then will tomorrow. Butt after you say he's it. probably going to put up like Man. 38 against Boston. I mean, Boston's a pretty good defensive team. But. Now, Devin Booker going to go down there to American Airlines Arena. He's going to put up 16. <laughs> Are we worried at all about Wolf? I'm just telling you right now, if you would have told me his first field goal was going to come at the 425 mark of the second quarter, I would have said, you, sir, are a liar. <laughs> I would you, have, sir, I would have gladly been a liar. I had another DA clip I wanted to play. Maybe we'll play it before the end of the show, but uh, I'm fine taking a break talking about that game. We'll switch over to, uh, to football. Cardinals gearing up to face the Patriots on Monday night. How do they stack up against Bill Belichick's team? We're going to get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. saw this headline, Wolf. I feel like I have to share this with you. Okay. We were talking about the transfer portal earlier. Yes. <laughs> JT Daniels of your West Virginia Mountaineers. Okay. Is uh, eyeing a transfer to his fourth college team. Stop. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Four teams. See, you're the problem, not me. Always. Everywhere. That reminds me of an old saying that says, wherever you go... There you are. <laughs> Interesting, right? You Wherever you go, no, no. Where, where is that from? That just is. Yeah, I've heard it. Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> I mean, that is it. I man, that's, the grass is greener on the other side, isn't it? Man, that's crazy. Sounds like something Yogi Berra would say. Wherever you go, there you are. Yes. Uh, the New England Patriots will be here next Monday. Cardinals hosting the Patriots for Monday Night Football. And the Pats have been outstanding defensively this season, but they have really struggled offensively, which led to Bill Belichick answering questions like this on WEEI about, you know, do you need to change something offensively with your uh, coaching staff? I think we need to do what we're doing better. Yeah, I don't think at this point making a lot of dramatic changes is is too hard to do that. We we need we're if we can just do consistently what we're doing, uh, we'll I think we'll be all right. But we just haven't been able to have enough consistency, and um, you know, and that's hurt us. It's not one thing. It's just one time. It's one thing. Next time it's something else. We just have to we just have to play more consistent, play and coach more consistently. Yeah, you know, for me, um, when I think of the New England Patriots, of course, I think of Mac Jones. I think of their quarterback and a guy that needs to be under center a lot more than what they do with him. That's just me. Um, I think they go too much shotgun. Um, that's just me. Once again, they've got a guy in Ramondre Stevenson. The running back, Ramon Ray Stevens, this guy's six foot, 235 pounds. Yeah, they, they got one there. They found one. Okay, yeah, yeah. They, they found one. This guy, let him attack the line of scrimmage. Let him run downhill, man. He is a physical, physical runner of the football. Why they're not doing that more is a surprise to me. Uh, here's more from Belichick because offensively they have 249 points this season, which is 15 less than the Cardinals. That's not just offensively. I, I mean, it's just total points. So sometimes your defense or special team scores. In fact, for the Patriots, their special teams won them a game just a couple weeks ago. Defensively, they're one of the best teams in football, but offense has held them back. They're still in it. Sorry, I'm distracted, but Giannis is hugging a doll of Homer Simpson at a press conference up there. You see this, right? I'm not hallucinating. Oh, my goodness. What are you doing, (laughs) What is going on on the television? This Uh, is why I love Giannis, because he's the only guy who could pull that off. He's doing it very seriously, too. Uh, So Belichick was asked again, same show, the Greg Hill Show on WEEI, what the problem has been. Yeah, we got things on a little bit of a combination of things, um, you know, on on every, every front, really. Coaching, playing, you know, penalties. Uh, you know, we've had some high penalty games, and then we've had some low penalty games, and so that's you know we've had some turnover games, and then we've had some no turnover games, um, and so forth. So you know, it's, it just it hasn't always been the same 
problem or has been the same problem on, on certain plays. Sometimes that's shifted. Um, and some, you know, there's certainly been some plays that haven't matched up well against the defense when they were called. So uh, whether that's the design of the play or, uh, you know, the way it hit against a certain defense, then, you know, those those have come up as well. So, yeah, that's a combination of things. <laughs> I just feel like when he talks, the master of media. <laughs> seriously, I'm going to step a little bit to the right of the road, but then I'm going to step a little bit to the left of the road. And we had some turnover <laughs> games, and then we had some non-turnover games. Like I feel like he answers questions to the media of like, I'm going to give you so little, and I'm going to make it so boring that you're never going to ask me this question again. Yeah, um, you know the Patriots' defense is no joke. There's no doubt about that. You look at them; their metrics are incredible. They're a top 10 defense in almost every major metric that there is. The one thing they do better than most is get to the quarterback. They're an excellent, we're going to knock your quarterback down team. They're going to bring four, of course, and they can rush four and get pressure on a quarterback. They can do that. Um, They do bring five a pressure package from time to time, but this is more about them being very, very good in terms of taking the ball away from you, and a lot of that is pressuring the quarterback. They're, I think, number three. No, uh, yes, number three in sacks per attempt and number four in interception rate. Those two things, elite. When you're top yeah, five in the National win. Football League, you are elite, and that's what they do. And they're going to be a desperate team. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're tied with the Chargers for eighth in the uh, AFC. Seven teams make the playoffs. So it's going to be a desperate team, prime time against Bill Belichick. He's had time to prepare. It's not just the extra night. They didn't play. They played all the way back on Thursday. So it's it's been a, like a week and a half for Bill Belichick to prepare for you as well. Now, I want to play this. Uh, because we kind of got into this earlier. We didn't have the full context. Maloney found the context. So this is Bill Belichick uh, responding to a question about Mac Jones saying he wants to be coached harder. Mac Jones, after the game, has said that he would like to be coached harder. He said he needs to play better, but he's he would also like to be coached harder. How do you make sure that uh, whoever your quarterback is, they're getting what they need to give their best on the field? Yeah, well, we coach everybody the best we can every week. That's not going to change. <laughs> it feels okay. Like, that was almost five seconds. It feels like he's like doing something else while he's doing the interview. Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. What was your question? He I don't coach thinking, well enough. He was thinking about what he was going to say about that, trying to decipher why is she asking me this. <laughs> well, so here's the quote from Mac Jones after the game. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's accountability. Um, it starts with me, and I think I I want to be coached harder. I want to be um, a better player and. The coaches have given us everything they've got, and they've done everything to put us in position to win. Um, but I want to hold everybody accountable, including myself. So um, I think that's, you know, it's tough, right? You get called out a little bit, or you have to admit that you didn't do your job. I mean, that's part of the game, and a lot of that blame falls on me. I didn't do my best tonight. I think a lot of other guys play with a lot of good effort. We played with effort. I played with effort. I'm going to give it everything I got every week no matter what, so um, I'll go until the wheels fall off, but got to be better just executing plays. Um, they're putting us in a good position. We just got to go out there and do it together, and, and that starts in practice. It's, hey, I didn't do this right. You know, Call me out for it. Tell me that I'm wrong, and if you're a good leader, you can accept that, um, and you can, you can look at the other guy and say the same thing to him that he says to you, so the best players in, in the world at any sport 
they have that accountability with their teammates, and um, that's something that we need to have. That's better. It's obviously the coaches are a big part of it, but it really starts with the players. And clearly, I haven't done a good enough job of, of doing my part in that. So I don't know if Belichick had heard that, and oh he was like, God. "You're asking me this question out of context. Like you're not given the context of yes. everything else." Mac Jones said, or if he just hadn't heard it, it was like, "Why well, was Mac saying that?" But when you hear the full minute fourteen second clip of what Mac Jones said. It makes a lot more sense. Oh, my goodness. It makes a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Being coached harder. He's talking about accountability overall and starting with yourself. That's what I loved, Mac Jones. That's what I loved, what he just said right there. He was he was talking about himself. You know what? I'm going to hold myself to a standard I'm not going to hold anyone else to. Go ahead and coach me hard. Please do that because I need to be able to I need to be able to reciprocate. We have to hold each other accountable. Everybody needs to do this is this is brilliance right there. That's pretty good perspective from a second year quarterback. Yes, it is. And you know, we said this earlier. Like when we we just heard the question, it was like, okay, well, this, there's got to be context because that doesn't sound like a Bill Belichick player. Well, he sure sounds like a Bill Belichick player there when you hear the full minute yes. 14 quote right there. It's not yeah. It's not him saying, well, you know, the coaching, they're letting me down. This is not a quarterback. They're going to coach me harder. Yeah, this is not a quarterback after the game talking about, you know, whatever somebody else did wrong or, you know, we all messed up. No, this is Mac Jones taking accountability upon yes. himself. It is the exact opposite of what Zach Wilson did a couple weeks ago, the last game he started. Which is exactly why you know, it took Bill Belichick almost 4.7 seconds before he answered the question on it because I guarantee he was thinking like well, Mac wouldn't say that yeah what are you talking about what Four that's point, interesting 4.7 seconds Tyreek Hill could run from one end zone to the other in that much time no yeah pretty no. close no <laughs> pretty close no. Texas your thoughts maybe to the, 50 yeah well Texas 50 yards. okay yeah, definitely he could run 50 yards in 4.7 yeah. Text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. All right. You want to overreact to last night? Let's get this out of our system here before the Suns get ready to take on the Celtics tomorrow. We'll give you three overreactions to the Suns' loss in Dallas with Suns three-pointer. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns with Wolf and Luke. Tuesday, it's time for a Suns three-pointer, and we figured we would just go big this time, Wolf. We would go all the way down the path of overreacting. We're not going to sit here and, oh, talk myself in circles, and I don't want to overreact, but this kind of looked uh, sort of scary. No, we're just going to overreact. Okay. Yeah, just do it. So three overreactions after last night's loss to Dallas. Here we go. Reactions off of last night's game, not typically something we would do, but this is now a pattern against the Mavericks. So I'm going to start here, Wolf. I'm not going to go so far as to say <laughs> whatever you're doing over there. I'm not going to go so far as to say that uh, that Dallas is like in the Suns' heads or they own them. It's not that. It was their first win over the Suns in regular season in like three years. But I will say this. Dallas certainly seems to get a certain level of confidence they don't get against other teams from playing Phoenix. Luka just seems, it's not even Luka really, it's actually the role players just seem to light up when they play the Suns for whatever reason. 
Okay, Luke, that's nice. Um, I disagree with you, of course, and I'm not part of the horrified family based on our That wasn't even that bad. I, I will tell you right now, my first point of Suns three-pointer, the game was non-competitive. Again. I mean, we're talking about the best team in the Western Conference getting their circumference flattened by a 500 team. Did this not feel like Game 6? Did it not feel like Game 7? Did it not look like Game 7? The Suns were thoroughly outplayed from the jump, and it brought back a lot of bad memories. They couldn't make shots. The Mavericks seemingly couldn't miss a three. And one of the worst rebounding teams in the league, that being the Dallas Mavericks, beat the Suns on the boards until mop-up time. This is bad, man. The game was non-competitive, and that is my first point of Suns' three-pointer. Paid back 14-footer is two points. Dynamite. My second point, it's got to be an overreaction. So my second overreaction here for Suns three-pointer, Wolf. I want to see the Suns play the Mavericks at some point again in the playoffs and get some revenge. But if you told me the playoffs start tomorrow, I think Dallas is the last team I want to see the Suns play. They got to they got to figure this out. This, this is not one game. This is this is a playoff series. It was basically a week, but it was a playoff series last season that ended their season. And then, by the way, Dallas went on and did nothing in the next round. They they just like I said, seemed to play their best against the Suns. Game one of the season this year, they were up seventeen at halftime. Suns came back and won. Last night, they were up, what, 26 at halftime, and the Suns did not come back. If you told me the playoffs were starting tomorrow, they're gonna, Dallas is the last team I want to see the Suns match up against. And I hate that because, to me, this is all about avenging what happened last year. Yeah. I think you have to go through Dallas for this season to reach its its ultimate goal. But, man, not right now. Run away! Run away! All right, is that your second point? Yeah, or just add some players. Okay, Basinonians, my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be Book was bad. I mean, he looked bad. And Book doesn't look bad very often. In fact, um, the last time I thought to myself, boy, Devin Booker looks bad, was Game (laughs) 7. Game 7 of the Mavericks series last year. I mean, he didn't score a point in the first quarter. It wasn't until he hit the three at a, at what, 425. 425 of the second quarter, he hit a three. That was the first field goal he recorded in the game. Book wasn't himself, and only he knows why. And that's my second point of Sun's three-pointer. Three-pointer, All right, again, these are overreactions based on one game, or in this case, maybe like, I don't know, four or five games against Dallas. But this is something that James Jones said a few times last year, Wolf, and I'm just going to say this as an overreaction. Suns need more rebounding. (laughs) Maybe that's not even overreaction, but they need more rebounding. They come in last night right around the middle of the league, okay? And the rebounding last night was even 41-41, although, as you said earlier, and I think it's a pretty good point, a lot of the Suns' rebounds came when they were already down 20. When when this game was still hanging in the balance, which was really like the first six minutes of the first quarter, 
Uh, Dallas seemed to be in control in that regard, and Dallas is the worst rebounding team in the NBA. Yeah. This has been kind of a thing that's popped up against the Suns a few times in the last couple of years. James Jones said it multiple times last year when they were winning seemingly every game during the regular season. Hey, is there something you'd like to fix? I'd like our rebounding to be a little bit better. And again, I feel like it kind of burns the Suns last night. Now, let's be clear. It's not why they lost. They lost the game by 19, and for a good chunk of the game, they were losing by like 30. But it didn't help. No, it definitely didn't help. Is that your third point of Suns three-pointer right there? Third and final point. Okay. um, Let's see. I could go in so many different directions on this one. I really could. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with this. Um, My third point of Suns three-pointer, the Mavericks look like they are in the head of the Phoenix Suns. How's that for an overreaction right there? I hate that. I I know the Suns are are one of the best teams in the Western Conference, and I know that the Suns beat the Mavs in game one of the season. But um, it took a legendary comeback for them to actually get back in that game. Down 22. How did that happen once again? They were down 26 last night. Didn't it feel like that, the half. that ended this whole thing? Like, okay, yeah, you took us out in the playoffs. You hammered us in the first half of game one, but we came yeah. back and won. This is done. Yes. I, I, I never in a million years expected that performance last night against Dallas again. Can I also go with a 3A on this one go right ahead. here? The Dallas Mavericks and Jason Kidd, they didn't even feel like they had to play JaVale McGee against DeAndre. That's rude. I mean, right? Yeah. Can I put that as 3A right there? Like, the advantage was there for DeAndre Ayton. The advantage was there for the Phoenix Suns. They tried to get him the ball. Yeah, he went 20-8. and eight. I, I understand that. But anyone who watched that game, that was one of the quietest 20-8s and eights you're ever going to see from a big man. That was by plan and design, wasn't it, Jason Kidd? Would it, what? JaVale McGee? We all thought for sure we'd see a little bit of JaVale McGee at some point on DeAndre Ayton. I'm sure JaVale McGee wanted to play against D.A. What happened on that? No. What happened? Why didn't JaVale McGee play at all? Was he hurt? Was he nicked up? Because I didn't see that on any of the reports leading up to that game. All I had heard was Coach's decision. I mean, it might just be because they were up by so much at the end of the first quarter. And by the time we got like midway through the third quarter and the Suns really hadn't cut into that lead very much, you kind of get a sense like, okay, you're down by 18 at the end of the first quarter. You could whittle away at that. You can't do it for, you know, you can't do it when you're down by 24 in the third. So that is my third point and 3A, I guess, of Suns three-pointer. See the shots that I took wet like I'm booked. Book was dry last night. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't feel the same this time, but uh, we'll see. I, I'm very very interested to see how the Suns bounce back against Boston because you want to be center stage in the NBA. You play against the Celtics right now, and coming off a loss, the Suns tend to be a little more dangerous. Let's let's not pretend though that this is the Suns. Jay Williams brought this up earlier when we had him on. They don't have Chris Paul. They don't have Cam Johnson. They don't have any. They just have a void where Jay Crowder was. They didn't even get anything back for him yet. So 
this is not the Suns uh, team that we're going to see in the second half of the season in the playoffs. And they also still have a very good record. But I just... <laughs> against Dallas. You're trying to make yourself feel better. Weird. I love just, this. Just against Dallas. It's, I don't, Talk it's yourself irritating. into it, Luke. All right, we come back. We'll get into football. We got some news and maybe a little insight as to why Odell Beckham Jr. still has not signed with the team. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I really didn't want to bring this back to that Suns game because we're supposed to be talking football here. But um, did you see in the crowd last night, Wolf? Suns Mavericks, there was Micah Parsons, there was Trayvon Diggs, there was Odell Beckham Jr. I saw OBJ. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him out there, man. Court side. They don't have a great record when OBJ watches them play, do they? The OBJ's all over the place, right? <laughs> when is he actually going to sign a contract to play for a professional football franchise? Well, might have an answer to that. This is Ed Werder from you know, a few minutes ago. Tweeted out, the Cowboys have cons- sources. The Cowboys have concerns after Odell Beckham Jr.'s physical that his recovery from torn left ACL in the Super Bowl has not progressed enough to ensure he would play before mid-January. Uh, and possibility exists signing him would have no benefit until the 2023 season. There it is right there. So that's it. It's not OBJ dragging his feet as I suspected. It was not. This was this is an injury situation. It's him overcoming a knee. And if that thing's lingering at all, um, mentally, he can't be very good. First response to the tweet is uh, from a Giants fan. Oh, the Cowboys season will be long over by mid-January. Okay. And there's just a bunch of angry Cowboys fans responding to that. Okay. Just, you know, it's just the internet. True. It's... <laughs> Well, Giants and Cowboys fans, what more do you expect? I'm surprised the Philly fan hasn't weighed in. No, that would explain a lot because there are a lot of teams. There's a lot of good teams in the NFL this year that could use. Like, we saw what Odell Beckham did for the Rams last year. And when they first made that signing last year, I thought, the Rams are kind of already set. Do they really need Odell? Yeah. They probably don't win the Super Bowl without him making some of the plays he made in the playoffs for them. So now you look around the NFL, and, and Dallas 100% could use an Odell Beckham I would argue the Chiefs could use an Odell Beckham. Buffalo could probably. We're talking about the best teams in football could use an Odell Beckham. So this makes a lot more sense as to why nobody's actually signing him. Yeah, you know, you think the Kansas City Chiefs, they need another they need another receiver. Is that what you're know, saying right signing, now? Who's really their go-to besides um, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, you know, well, it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, honestly. Marcus Valdez-Scantling you know, doesn't catch the ball. Hardman is really good as well, I think. A guy that takes the top off. Yeah, um, yeah you know what? I mean, they've got some weapons out there, they've honestly. They've got weapons, but they don't. I mean, Buffalo has, has Stephon Diggs. They don't I mean, all you do him. is talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs, right? So, I mean, obviously, they don't need it that badly. Um, (laughs) Okay. Dallas needs an Odell Beckham Jr. You've got C.D. Lamb, and then you've got some other guys. you got C.D. Although, they've scored like 100 points in their last two games. You know what? Maybe nobody needs Odell. Michael Gallup blew it out, right? I mean, yeah, he's done for the year. So, that guy, that guy, they miss him. You want to talk about a guy that flies under the radar Mm -hmm. in Big D? It's Michael Gallup. No, that's it's true. Although, what did they? They just put up fifty four. What's your point? Luke? And I mean, 
so you know, see. from time to time, offensively, things are going to click. Things are going to go well, of course, right? It's it's when suddenly your things are not going well. You're turning the ball over. You're having a lot of turnover like games. Like a playoff game. And then, and then, and then you're not, you're not turning it over. Some <laughs> games you're having a lot of penalties, and some games you're not having penalties. Thank you, Bill Belichick. You know? <laughs> Hey, speaking of turning the ball over, we may have see a brilliant dude. Let's just go ahead and acknowledge the fact that Coach Bill is a brilliant dude, man. Uh, Man, totally, totally, (laughs) totally a brilliant dude. Well, I had to say man so the young crunks understood what I was saying. All right, I get it now. Um, Baker Mayfield. He has not yet signed with anybody. Nobody's claimed him <laughs> off waivers. And in fact, according to Adam Schefter, the 49ers have officially signed quarterback Josh Johnson to a one-year deal. Josh Johnson. There's your answer. Man, how many years has Josh Johnson actually actually played? He bounces uh, around I, the league like a college athlete moving from school to school. In the this guy, <laughs> this guy, man, um, is, is it, I, I, I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead and guess. I'll pull up his... I'm I'm gonna say Josh Johnson, twelve, twelve years, twelve years. Uh, all right, how many teams? Um, thirteen, thirteen teams. Okay, well, let's see. He was <laughs> no his first. Well, okay, well, hold on. Two thousand nine, his first NFL game was two thousand nine with Tampa Bay. So okay, twelve ish years. Yeah, twelve. Uh, the number of teams, he keeps getting signed to teams and then never playing. So the teams he's actually played a game for are Tampa, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Washington, the Jets, and Baltimore. Okay, but how many teams, what do you mean? I mean, how many teams has he been with, though? I, well, because I once again, that. in the offseason, right, they sign him to a rot, you know, yeah, sign him on a roster. Probably 31. Okay, I mean, I, honestly, I really I, I've, okay, you just don't want me to be. He's there. been with 14 teams. Oh, there it is! That's not what you said. 14 teams! Well, Rick subscribes to the Josh Johnson newsletter. I don't get that newsletter. Wait, did you say that live on the air, Rick? Did you see? I did. Okay, good. <laughs> it's so hilarious good. if you didn't. I know. Was there, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, 14 teams, Luke. He signed a contract to 14 teams. Oh, my goodness. Josh, what are you doing? Signing with 14 Besides, teams. What a great career. You want to talk about a great career? You last that long in the NFL? And you've been on that many teams? I, you know, by the way, I think that's that's a record. Got to be a record. He's, if he's, he's been with fourteen teams and he's thrown thirteen touchdowns total. <laughs> you don't want your your team total to exceed your touchdown. This is unbelievable. Right now, if you're Baker Mayfield, what are you saying to yourself? <laughs> what What are you saying? What happened to that whole? You know what? Honestly, right now, we Baker Mayfield um, hiatus comes to mind right now. We might see somebody. Has anyone seen Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, he's over in Nepal, as a matter of fact. In Barbados <laughs> with K-Ray? The last time we saw him, he was he was trying to make his way to Tibet. We, we had the tweet earlier from Pro Football Talk that uh, would, now I can't find it. I don't know if they deleted it or what. Don't be surprised if the Rams end up with Baker Mayfield. That was from three hours ago. They haven't ended up with Baker Mayfield. I'm no. at this point going to be surprised. I honestly would have thought the San Francisco 49ers would have would have actually been a bigger threat um, than the Rams. 
but maybe it's a situation where, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, what, I can't, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, rock. um, <laughs> So I keep close. interrupting you only, myself. You only this have is the 30 problem. Seconds to go. You're good. <laughs> I just want to hear where you take this. <laughs> Has anyone seen Baker Mayfield? <laughs> that was my point. It would make sense of all the teams out there that San Francisco would sign him because they can't go trade for a vet. But it doesn't sound like they're signing him. Oh, my him. goodness. All right, get us leaving. out of here. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Uh, for Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.